All right, real quick, people, before we get into today's show, we've just released a new course, Periodization for Periods, all around how to train women around their monthly cycle, and we've got it on special. If you're interested, click the link in the show notes. You are now listening to the Bootcamp Blueprint, the place where personal trainers can learn how to grow their bootcamp and social media. Here's your host, Jono Petrohilos. Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to the Bootcamp Blueprint, the place where personal trainers go to grow their bootcamp and social media. I'm super excited because this week we have an international fitness presenter, an expert when it comes to HIIT training, and I'm talking about true HIIT training here, which I'm sure he's going to get to. He has over 20 years experience in the fitness industry. He's done everything from personal training, sports conditioning, club management, sales, marketing, business development. He's the director of MetaFit in the Asia Pacific and USA and the director of Allied Fitness Australia. So I'm very excited to introduce the one and only Mr. Daniel Wilson. Daniel, how are you? I'm great, Johnny. Thanks for the lovely intro. No no dramas. I'm uh, the question I always ask everyone to start off with, Daniel. I know it's a, a favourite one of yours as well. Is the quote or mantra that inspires you or fires you up? Have you got one for us? Um, I like to work off the, the triple A. So this is based around so three A's. So the first one is attitude. At the end of the day, you're always going to choose your own attitude, and you, you, you're uh, you're in control and how you, you you take on and tackle each particular day, whether it's through business or family life. So you choose your own attitude and go from there. The second one is application. So having the right tools to be able to you know use that attitude effectively, and then the last one is activity. So you need to be consistent with your attitude and with your application. You know, those three triple A's. If you you stick to them and you implement them on a daily basis, I'm sure um, you won't go too far wrong. Love it. Just to summarize to the listeners, it's Daniel's triple A's, the attitude, application, and activity. So I love that. Great mark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, Daniel, I'm obviously a, a huge fan of yours. I'm a huge fan of, of MetaFit myself. But if some of my listeners aren't, are you able to give them a, a quick rundown, maybe a minute or two? What is MetaFit? What do you do at MetaFit? Are you the DJ? Do you come up with the workouts? Are you that voice over the... I wish I was a DJ. I wish I was a DJ. I'm not, I'm not that skilled, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, so, so what do um, you do at MetaFit, Daniel? Uh, I'm the director of the, as you mentioned, in the Asia-Pacific and USA region. The program itself was originated in the UK about 12 years ago by a guy called Justin Cocker and... He uh, had a military background, so he was in the Royal Marine Commandos for a period of time before setting up his own studio in London. Uh, and then I can imagine uh, most people out there who are uh, personal trainers or uh, they own, own studios or gyms themselves, it's hard sometimes, you know, to plan your own workouts and design your own workouts all the time. It's quite time-consuming. So that's where he came with the concept of benefit, just simply to save him time planning to reinvest that time back into packing his classes. And one of his friends was a DJ, and they put his brand together called Medifin. They ran in their club for about a year or so, went really, really well. And from there, Justin just decided to be a, a great tool for a client to use. So less time looking at a stock or an app, more focus on client technique, range of motion, intensity, being able to modify to suit different types of clients, and just that kind of really nice time-saving tool. So I can imagine a lot of people, but again, as I mentioned a moment ago, it takes time time to plan workouts. So if you can save yourself a couple of hours per week and planning to reinvest that back into the growth of your business, 
that's always going to be a bonus, you know. So, again, massive return on investment in particular using this program. So I suppose with Medifit, we have a two-prong approach. We have the, the educational aspects, then we also have the business aspects. So the educational, we're, my, we're very much about keeping it here, keeping it true here. There's a, there's a lot of hits out there, which is just simply not hit due to a number of factors, which we'll talk about in a moment. Uh, and, and that's okay, but I think it's understanding from a, from a trainer perspective, because you, you become an educator, you become the educator when you go away from your Cert 3, Cert 4, or your degrees, or whatever it may be. So it's important that you give your clients the right information to keep your integrity as a trainer. And that's what's really important to us as a brand. We want to keep our integrity as a brand to what we do. Um, HIT is such a great tool when it's used correctly. And there's obviously been a massive um, growth and trend in the industry over the last kind of 10 years because of all this fantastic research. But how many people actually go and look at the actual research and the science behind these actual protocols? Not a lot of people really kind of understand. You know, you can't just chuck a load of exercises together and get a heart rate up and say it's a HIIT workout because essentially it's, it's not. It's still really beneficial, don't get me wrong, but when you can't really call it HIIT. It's more interval training, which is totally fine and really beneficial. But from a trainer perspective, as a fitness professional, you need to understand these different types of terminology and what it really means and the origins of where it comes from. So from an educational factor with, with Medifit, we're really big in that. No gimmicks, no BS. It just is a quality hit workout. But the way we program it, Trainers need to understand how they can stay within those parameters. So, if it's a coach-led workout, and it's a coach-led workout for a reason, to stay again within what a true hit workout. A trainer needs to understand when to allow extra recovery or active recovery during the different exercises. So, again, exercises are really important. The exercises that you choose to stay within um, those true hit parameters. And then you've got the business side of it. Again, business is, for Medifit is great because it's just a low-cost, highly effective tool that you can implement your business straight away. You can literally go away from doing a one-day workshop and start running Medifit classes in your local park, on the beach, in your own studio, or in your local gym. You can set up wherever you want, and it's going to save you time planning, and hopefully that time you save planning, you invest, reinvest that time back into your growth of business. So you, you might even... Um, branch out, you know, into a, a different niche. You might go, all right, let's do some sports condition. What are the local uh, um, sports teams in my area? Why don't we go do some corporate groups at lunchtime now to, you know, make a healthy workplace for people? Why don't we look at start going to, to school groups, you know, potentially and looking to do the program um, along those lines. Again, finding that particular niche you can use this program because you're saving that time. If you're effective, reinvest that time back in your growth business. Back to my free A's. All right, so good attitude application, the program, and then you go into the, um, the, the activity and the consistency. So again, utilizing your time more effectively, training or working smarter rather than harder. Okay, so two sides, education and obviously the business side of it. So it's just a great program, some tool for a trainer to use. I, I love it. And I agree with everything Daniel said. A few key points I just want to expand on a little bit, the integrity side of things. So that's huge. And that's the difference between someone like myself, if I walk into a gym and it's a hit class or it's a Tabata class and I go in there and it's a 60 minute Tabata class or a 60 minute hit class and there's, 
and there's you know you're doing bicep curls and, and that sort of thing like hey not saying it wouldn't be a bad workout but i'm just a bit disappointed because i went in there for a hit workout and i'm doing something different so i love that side of things there where it's keeping it authentic and that's what we're going to talk about today i also want to touch on the metafit side a bit what i did daniel i did a metafit course on a sunday right i think it was a sunday day and it went till i don't know four o'clock or something like that i loved the workout so much i used it at my boot camp 6 a.m the next day monday morning i signed up then and there got the workouts went into it so it's a tool that you can use instantly so i love that there but hey let's um i want to get to the metafit side of things the different uh programs that metafit offers as well later what I'd like to start with, Daniel, is I know you're all about keeping it hit. And I know it frustrates you when something isn't hit. So maybe you can help educate some of our listeners. What What is hit? What isn't hit? Are there some key principles? What can you share with us there? Oh, there's definitely key principles to the actual um, hit, especially according to research. We get all the information from scientific research, from exercise scientists. And there's a number of different protocols that have been used probably over the last kind of 20 years. But they all have um, uh, some really key ingredients to what makes a, an, an actual HIIT workout. You mentioned just a moment ago Tabata. Uh, everybody does Tabata, and it's, it's geared through commercialism, which is totally fine, okay, absolutely fine. But when you go back to the origins of where Tabata comes from, it comes from the Tabata study that was done back in uh, 1996. And what a lot of people don't actually realize is the actual breakdown and the methodology that was used in that particular protocol. So... You know, um, the subjects that we used were Olympic athletes. They were elite athletes who were, who were speed skaters from Japan. And I mean, that's a massive factor. So straight away, we're working with elite athletes, okay? And then we look at the, um, the duration of the workout was only four minutes. It was a 10-minute warm-up and then the four-minute high-intensity set, which is, as everybody knows, a 2010, 2010. But that stopped after four minutes. There wasn't another five times four minutes. It was four minutes long. And the reason it was four minutes long was to take, um, take advantage of the glycolic metabolism. So we're using predominantly, and working predominantly, anaerobics. We're, using, we're, not using, we're trying to limit the use of oxygen. Okay, so we're trying to use ATP, PPC, and also the anaerobic system to fuel the workout. And because of the length of the, the workout was only four minutes, they were able to do that. Okay, so that's what I had shorter work to rest. So moving on to work to rest, 20 seconds work, uh, and then only 10 seconds recovery. So again, because it only went for four minutes, that again, that intensity was maintained. But remembering again, these were elite athletes and they already had amazing anaerobic conditioning. Okay. And then we moved on to the intensity. And this is probably a big factor where a lot of people do go wrong. In that particular study, these Olympic athletes, they were working at 170% of their VO2 max, which is, which is insane. Okay. I haven't, you haven't, Jono, probably a lot of people out there have never got to work to that level 170% of VO2 max because they could do because they were on a specialized ergonomic bike in a university setting and they were Olympic athletes. If we get to 100% of VO2 max, we've re- literally reached our throw-up zone and we're going to almost, you know, going to end up spewing everywhere, okay? So, uh, but these Olympic athletes, they can, they can tolerate that and that's why they worked with that particular intensity. And then from that study... Over, I think it was an eight, eight to 12 week period, they, uh, both particular athletes improved their anaerobic capacity by 28%. But it was under those parameters, under those settings, under that particular methodology. That's where they got the great results from. 
okay? But you can't replicate that in the mainstream fitness industry. You can't go, all oh, right, right, move some bicep, as you said, bicep curls, you know, crunches, and when they improve our anaerobic capacity by 20%, no, you're not. That's, that, and that's okay, but as you said, doing that type of work to rest is totally fine. No problems. It's going to be beneficial. Something is always better than doing absolutely nothing. But again, as a fitness professional, it's important to really understand the, the origins of a, a per protocol and understand that methodology and the conclusion of that methodology. Uh, Tabatha is essentially a HIIT protocol. It was a study done, and there was a few more studies that are uh, following that over the last kind of um, like 15 years that have modified Tabata-based workouts. But again, when they call it Tabata, it's only ever a four-minute workout. It's not a 20-minute workout. It's not a 45-minute workout. Because again, if you start doing that, depending on the exercises you're using, there's no way you're going to maintain intensity and you're going to transition to use predominantly the aerobic system, which is okay. And when you, and from a psychological standpoint as well, if you bring that into consideration, and if you know as a client you're now working for 45 minutes and you're doing 2010s, you're not going to go all out effort straight away. So again, straight away, you're not going to hit any of that anaerobic capacity at the start. You're just using, again, your aerobic system, which is totally fine. But again, as a professional, we've got to understand what we're doing. So when we look at actual hit, there's, there's definitely some things to take into consider, um, consideration. Whether you're you know, doing a benefit-based workout or if you're um, you know, designing your own programming and you're going to call it hit, Things to consider. First one is the duration. Duration is so important. That comes back down to our energy utilization. When we're generally working, let's say, for over, over 20 minutes or so, depending on the exercise, depending on the work rest, the likelihood is we're going to predominantly use our aerobic system. Okay? So there's all different variables involved in each one of these. And if any one of these is out of whack, so to speak, it's going to affect our um, energy utilization and whether we're working aerobically or anaerobically. Okay, so think about the duration. Generally speaking, anything like really under 20 minutes is going to be, is going to be more beneficial, but the longer the workout, the more rest is going to be required. So again, if I come back to the Barton, it was a four-minute workout using 2010s um, just be, and, and it was limited recovery and work. So that was what we call probably Tabata was a one to, uh, two to one, sorry. Okay, 20 seconds work, 10 seconds rest. Okay, because it went anywhere for four minutes, we're able to maintain the intensity of 170% of our VO2 max. And because of the exercises that we'll be using, we'll use an ergonomic bike, so we're able to apply the right resistance intensity to maintain that over that seven to eight um, set period. However, now if we start going longer than four minutes, and we're going, let's say, for 20 minutes, this needs to change slightly, okay? So now we actually need to have more recovery, okay? So then we can actually um, work really hard during our, let's say, 20-second work period, but then allowing enough recovery to replenish our anaerobic energy pathways effectively. Because if we, we don't, essentially, again, the body's going to still use the aerobic system to fuel the workout, which then is going to limit our intensity. Okay, so 
Um, when we're the 20 minutes, we're going to go one to two, so that's 20 seconds work, 40 seconds recovery. That recovery can also be active recovery as well. Uh, active recovery is quite useful in terms of adding variety to our clients. I always say in the Medifit course, if I could do sprints on the spot for 20 seconds, rest for a minute, and do that 10 times, that's going to be an awesome hit workout. But who's going to come to my sprint on the spot class every single day or every single time? Nobody's going to come to my sprint on the spot class because there's no variety. You know, it's just going to say, you might get the odd person who just really, you know, bought a book and want to come to your sprint on the spot class, but that's very unlikely. You're not going to kind of get any yield or any kind of um, financial benefit from that long term. So, um, when we look obviously with the science side and thing, it's really important that we try to stick and understand why we're doing the work and why we're doing the rest and how we actually in relation to uh, uh, you know the energy utilization during the amount of the actual workouts. So the length of duration is super important. Um, let's say let's for example, you know, I was working at seven, oh, sorry, ninety percent of let's just say let's use max max heart rate here, uh, and that's generally a parameter. That's you want it, you want to be over that um, intensity to make it true to hit. Anything over like 90% uh, max heart rate. If you look back a lot of studies um, over the last 20 years, that's one of the consistencies they have in terms of the intensity and how hard their clients working. A lot of it studies, are, um, you have that uh, control group, which is generally an endurance-based group. They, most studies look at about 70% of uh, max heart rate, where they have the HIT protocol, which is normally uh, 9% of max heart rate. There have been all these other variables. They do change to a certain degree. But anything over 9%, that's great. But then we look at the exercises. So the exercises are so important as well. So, you know, you, you can't just chuck in a load of exercises because the exercises you do is going to affect that intensity. You know, you might do squats or let's say, let's say squat jumps. And squat jumps is a great movement, you know, and it's certainly going to get a heart rate up. And there was a, uh, a modified Tabata that used squat jumps back in 2013, uh, and that looked at the um, post-calorie expenditure, uh, just in that four-minute Tabata workout using squat jumps. And they were working at their max effort, which was around about 9% max heart rate from doing squat jumps. But again, how you perform a squat jump is important. There's no point just kind of going doing a half squat jump and doing a little jump up and down. Yes, you're doing a squat jump, but again, because you're doing a half-range squat jump, and you're not putting your all-out effort in, you're not going to get the benefit. So then you look at the technique and the range of motion, uh, and then which is going to add to the intensity. So all these variables are really quite important, and it's quite intricate to a certain degree to make sure you're doing it correctly. So again, you can't just chuck a load of exercises together and call it HIIT workout, because essentially, if one of these are out, then it's not. So if, if I was doing this here, 90% max heart rate, let's say I was working between squat jumps and sprints, you know, all right, workout, um, and then I was doing 20 seconds of work, and then I had 40 seconds um, recovery in between, working for 20 minutes. Over that period of time, um, I'm going to maintain pretty good intensity due to my recovery. Over time, I'm going to, at some stage, start to transition through when fatigue kicking in, and then I'm going to transition utilizing a little bit of my, my, my aerobic system as well, which... Isn't, isn't a problem, okay? It's not a major, major problem. Uh, and that's the thing, knowing that it's okay for your clients to actually have extra recovery. It's okay if they want to miss out one, one set and allow another 20 seconds or 30 seconds of rest because rest when it comes to hit is just as important as the work. 
again, that's where a lot of people go wrong. They took a load of exercise together and they make it as intense as possible. But in fact, that's actually not more beneficial when it comes to in a hit-based session. All right. So there's so many different things that you need to think about when it comes to high-intensity training. I mean, even using, if we look at the exercise, even using equipment to a certain degree, there's probably maybe one or two research articles out there that uses that names it HIT, names the protocol HIT, and uses equipment. Most, not 99% of HIT studies are either done using body weight movements or they're using an ergonomic bike. That's it, okay? Uh, and that's due to this. You know, if you're doing some work with a barbell or, some dumbbell, or a dumbbell, you can get uh, your heart rate up for sure, but you're not going to hit the dizzy heights of intensity that you're going to get from a, a bodyweight sprint or a big old top jump or squat jump. That's where you um, utilize um, uh, that, those anaerobic, um, uh, anaerobic systems to fuel the workout. And that's so important to remember. So it, when it comes to HIIT, there's, there's quite a lot of planning that goes in, is quite involved in it. And it's, it's a lot, quite a lot of understanding, you know, when you're putting your workouts together. And then we've got all this here, these kind of like little keys to true HIIT training. But then we always think about our clients. How is this now going to relate to our individual clients? Because each client is completely different. So now there's different variables bringing up whether they're, you know, younger or elderly or they're coming back from an injury or, you know, they have some kind of special communication that you need to be aware of. There's all these different variables here that we need to be um, aware of when we're teaching these HIIT workouts. Okay. Love it. Hey, I want to do a quick summary, Daniel, because you did an awesome job there. I also just want to uh, explain it auditory as well for the listeners, because just if you're listening to this, Daniel's got a whiteboard there in front of him. So it's uh, me watching this here. It's super clear. I want to just explain it a little bit more auditory. So we'll even keep that up there, Daniel. So the four keys to true hit is duration. That's one. Work and rest is another. Exercises is another. And intensity is another. And they all work together. So Daniel started off using the Tabata as an example, and he's saying, hey, the work rest is two to one. It's 20 seconds of work and only 10 seconds of break. And you can do that because you're on a bike and it's only four minutes or some in that situation, they could have done it. However, if you're running an exercise session, it's not going to go for four minutes. You're going to need to go for 20 minutes. So therefore, you can't really use that work rest ratio. It's going to have to change around a little bit to a possibly a one to two ratio. And they all work together there. So those four things, the duration, the work rest, the exercises, and the intensity, they're the four keys to true hit. But they all work together. You can't just say, okay, cool, it's going to be a 20-minute workout, so now it's hit. Or, hey, now it's going to be a work-to-rest ratio, so now it's hit. So they all work together. Is that th- an easy way to summarize it, Daniel? Yeah, yeah it is. But, again, with each one, there's different variables of each one. So, you know, like the duration, depending on the duration, Racing that you set is going to f- impact each other um, key points. So it's going to affect the work rest, it's going to affect the exercise, it's going to affect the intensity. Again, the intensity, if you don't have the right intensity there, that's going to affect every part of it. So they all need to kind of work together for a particular reason. So you need to choose what a lent in, you got to choose what your work to rest is, then you got to choose obviously the right exercises, and then obviously look at that intensity. Uh, and that also needs to be built around energy utilization. So when we're working, like what what are my energy systems are we predominantly using? Do we have the right intensity there? Are we using the right exercises? Do we have the, uh, the right work to rest ratio? If I'm going for 20 minutes, if I don't have enough rest, there's no possible way I'm going to be able to replenish effectively our, my, my anaerobic and my energy pathways. So I'm still working predominantly 
aerobic and my performance is going to drop. And, but that's okay, you know. So, but you have to understand those parameters. You know, ideally, if you're doing a, a set like this, I'm doing a workout 20 minutes, and you're working at one to two, yeah, if you're working and utilizing your ATP to start off with your work, if you're working at this, you're essentially going to work your eight, you can use your CP system first. Okay, you can use that up. Okay, that gets used up in probably 10 seconds or so. And then we transition over to the anaerobic system, which goes up to potentially two minutes, and then you go transition into your aerobic system. We're only working with 20 seconds. We're going to work a little bit of aerobic system, probably, you know, two to three percent. Then we're going to use um, about ooh, uh, most of our um, uh, CP system, okay? And then we're going to use predominantly most of our anaerobic system. If we look at that from a, a kind of break it down from a workout perspective and duration, and we look at, you know, 20 minutes is 100 percent of our um, uh, energy utilization across that 20 minute period. And then we take out the, the rest periods and just focus on the, the work period and look at that from an energy utilization, energy utilization perspective. We're probably going to use about 35% of our ATPPC, about probably uh, 50 to 60% of our um, anaerobic system, and only about 5 to 10% of our aerobic system. So basically, what we're doing there is we're having a rest and recovery, we're creating uh, the greatest epoch effect effect essentially and also you know we're creating our oxygen deficit during the work period so then we have that oxygen surplus after the work interval or after the workout so we can use that surplus to get the body back to normal which essentially is the epoch effect love it love it daniel let's move on from there so we've spoken about hit i think it's a good way to transition into metafit so for trainers listening to this and they're like, okay, that's cool. I sort of get the idea, but look, how does this work in a boot camp sort of setting? Is a metafit a good way to introduce them to that? Sorry, John, I, I missed that. You cut out a moment. <laughs> Sorry, so I was just saying, let's uh, let's transition on to metafit now. So for trainers listening to this and they're like, okay, yeah, I sort of get the idea of this, but how does this relate to a boot camp or a group exercise sort of setting? Is metafit a good thing for them to check out to see how this works in practice? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, we base all of our workouts on this information. Um, but as I said earlier, it comes down to the, the coach as well and how you look at our workouts and use our workouts effectively to stay within this. We, we call ourselves Metafit HIT training. So we try and pride ourselves on staying within these boundaries. But even sometimes where, how we program our workouts sometimes, might, if you just kind of just delivered them willy-nilly, we'd go outside of that HIT parameter. But it comes down to a qualified coach to understand that and understand the importance of work and understand the importance of extra recovery time in a kit session. Understand energy utilization and working across those different systems and how you can make your hit or benefit session the most effective possible. We're, we're very big on this, you know. This, this is what's really important to me, you know, because it keeps our, as we said earlier, integrity to the protocol and our brand integrity. We've been running these um, programs now and uh, workshops and running um, the system for over 12 years and it, it works really well because that's how we position ourselves in the market. We want to be known as the number one hit workout and we stay within hit principles. As I said, you know, it's, it's a massive growth in the industry with hit and hit's not going to go anywhere at the moment. I mean, people are probably going to be uh, more inclined to do shorter workouts anyway. Almost 
not necessarily gone to the days of your, you know, your 60 minute boot camps. They're still about, and people still get great results and stuff from, and people still enjoy doing them. But you know, we're getting more and more time poor. You know, life is getting busier and busier. So that's where these, you know, 30 minute workouts come in really well. But there's a trade off. You know, you can go and do a 60 minute boot camp. That's totally fine, and you're going to be working hard during that period of time. Absolutely. You know, but, um, but you can almost get the same amount of results from that 60-minute workout in a 15-minute session. But the trade-off is you need to work bloody hard. You need to work <laughs> harder. If you're going to get most out of a hit session, you've got to get uncomfortable and being com- be, get, get used to being comfortable with it, and that's where you get the big results. So Medifit can be for absolutely everybody. Everybody can just, again, again, science shows that. Science shows that. High intensity training is really great for uh, all different types of clientele. You know, ninety-five percent of your clients will be absolutely fine doing this. Obviously, apart from those guys who have certain, you know, special conditions that you need to, you need to go and take care of. And again, that's why again we have a qualified trainer teaching our workouts because you're educated, you understand, you're professional, and you you get all this understanding, and then you then just apply that into into your sessions. Again, benefit with benefit is. Uh, it's time-saving tool. You don't have to think about this too much. All right, it's done there for you. You also understand the fundamentals and the principles. It becomes a plug-and-play system, and away you go. And then you've got a business side of it where you're saving that time, reinvesting into the growth of your business. And if you're smart and you use it effectively and you're consistent with it, I guarantee it'll work for you. Guarantee. You know, so, um, yeah, and... You know, like, um, that's what the program came about in the first place. Yeah, you know? and, and that's why over the last kind of 12 years, it probably wasn't until a couple of years ago we released the, the power program, which is where we start using weights in a circuit-type format. But again, I don't refer to that as a, as a HIIT workout because essentially it's not. It's, it's what we call metabolic resistance training, which is getting different. And because of all this, the exercises, the intensity, the work to rest, the duration of the workout – it affects our energy utilization and affects what we're trying to achieve. So the intensities are going to be different. And that's why I suppose you can do benefit one day, power the next day, because you differentiate between um, the different types of met- metabolic conditioning. You had a strength session into that, so one day fit, one day power, one day pure strength. You know, for, for, for an actual person who wants to lose 20 kilos or 10 kilos, just smart training. Okay, simple, effective, and you're going to get some fantastic results from it. Obviously, as long with my eating properly, of course. Yeah, okay, so much good info there. Let me break this down. So let's start with the time-based thing because I think that's even just a good thing in today's society, and I can use myself as an example. So I've just signed up at a new gym this week, actually, and there was a 30-minute hit session on the Monday. It was You would have been okay with it, I think, Daniel. It would have, you know, you would have been okay with it. So that was 30 minutes, and that was cool. Then today I did a boxing session for 60 minutes, and I was sort of thinking, oh, geez, a 60-minute session? You know, there's so much I've got to do. If only there was just a half an hour hit session. So I think that time thing is an advantage. I think previously a lot of people might thought, oh, hold on, you know, is it worth doing a 30-minute session? Do people want to do a 60-minute session? Someone like me who's flat out, hey, I'm going to take that 30-minute session, and yes, I'm going to work my ass off in that 30 minutes to get the same results, but I'd prefer that than the 60. So I think that's a good point there. Now, you also touched on a, a power program there, Meta Power. So I'll, I'll give a quick breakdown from a trainer who's done both programs, then I might get you to expand a little bit more, Daniel. So just a super simple summary, there's Metafit's got a few different programs, but two of the main ones are Metafit, and MetaPower. So MetaFit is all body weight. 
mainly hit-based, as Daniel was mentioning earlier. You go and you do a, a MetaFit course. They teach you the, the principles of hit, the principles of MetaFit. You are then able to subscribe to their workouts. And then every month they release a new workout. It's got the music. It's got the timing. So you obviously need to study it beforehand and do it yourself beforehand so you can experience it, know the exercises, that side of things. But once you know that, you can pretty much just play it on your phone and then you go and you do that 15, 20, 25-minute workout. MetaPower are a little bit different. That's more of a circuit-based workout. And Daniel was mentioning it's probably not even hit-based. It's more that um, metabolic resistance style, and that's where equipment comes into it. Did you want to expand on any of those two, Daniel? Any more on MetaFit or MetaPower side of things? That's pretty, that's pretty much basics. And I uh, think MetaFits are pure hit workout. We stay within those boundaries. Um, power is just another uh, adaption for your client. So, again, the focus is different, whereas fits more about volume intensity. Power is more about load and distance, depending on the exercise we've got. Uh, again, that is going to come down to the trainer. It utilizes those energy systems effectively. But obviously, that's what we teach in each course. On the FIT course, we're very much about staying within the HIP protocol, really understanding how we're going to get the most out of all of our workouts, understanding our techniques, uh, range of motion, uh, the intensity aspect, but also being able to modify for everybody, um, as well as obviously getting the body prepared. I mean, so you already touched on how we get the body warmed up and prepare this type of training, mobilization of joints, dynamic stretching, activation of the underused muscles, getting a heart rate up, and then getting into the workout. So trying to make that um, transition from the aerobic to the anaerobic system by the end of a warm-up to mentally prepare the body for the intensity that's about to come. So, again, it's all, this is all what we break down on the course, so a trainer can really understand that to get the most out of their clients when they apply the MediFit, MediFit workouts. Awesome. Power, yeah, sorry, go, Daniel. Just with, just with power, um, you know, again, we break down that understanding and go into depth about the energy utilization, different programs, and we look at HIP versus the power and the, the different relationships between each one and how they, as I said, just differentiate between um, the uh, metabolic resistance training and high-intensity training and different, different protocols and with different terminology. Uh, and then also breaking down some of the, uh, the exercises because when you're working in a higher-intensity format, when you start using equipment, that brings up that factor of safety, you know, especially with that really lower back. You'll be really careful when you're kind of throwing around a kettlebell or a battle rope or a, or a power bag or whatever it may be, you know. And with our power program, we, choose, we chose like specialized equipments um, just to make it flexible for everybody. So even if you're an outdoor trainer or in the boot camp, you can stick all the stuff in your, in your boot and still have enough of uh, a space and it's easy to set up for 20 people, you know, but it's still applicable to people in the studio or a gym. Okay, so we're really big about making our programs really versatile for every fitness um, professional in business because, again, they're just tools. But we, I believe, uh, like, wholeheartedly our education is great. It's fantastic. But it's, again, the business tool that you get as well after that to add it to what you're doing to um, expand and grow and be as successful as you possibly can. Yeah, agree. Also, Daniel, I believe there's a new MetaFit program as well. You've got a newer one that's recently come out? Yeah, that, that's MetaPro. Uh, Meta uh, so MetaPro is when you've done the MetaFit course, you can go and do the Pro course. It's like a level two almost. And all this stuff I've just been talking about here, 
uh, I'll break it down into even more detail. Um, and we, we really kind of have a look at all the science behind the programming, the, the exercise research. We break down some of the research um, material and have a look at their methodology and their protocols and then apply it to three different programs. So we've got our Pro 12, which is a 12-minute hit session. So again, we've got MetaFit, which is definitely hit, but our work to rest timings and durations changes. And so again, because of those different parameters, we're able to bring it into a 12-minute session. I'd love to bring up Pro 4 and just do a four-minute workout. But again, who like who out there you know, is going to be able to get a client to come along to a four-minute workout and pay them $10? Once we get to that stage, you know, the, the yield for, you, for trainers is going to be fantastic, you know. So um, that was my dream. When I, when I first heard about Tabata, I was like, this is great. Four minutes. I'm just going to pack it up session after session after session. Someone's going to come in for four minutes because here's my opinion on that, Daniel. Like, I, I still feel there's somewhat of a need for it. Like, I feel like me and myself, if I went into the, a gym and did a Tabata on my own, I'm not going to push as hard as if there's someone on top of me saying, hey, keep going, keep going, here's your RPM goal, keep going, keep going. So I, I believe one day that will happen, you know, or I hope one day it will happen, and I think it will happen. Well, so they were talking about earlier, about a 2013, so you did a modified body that used the squat jumps. Um, it was quite interesting because they looked at pre, during, and post energy expenditure. So they had the rest in metabolic rate, and then obviously the amount of physical activity, then the, amount, the epoch effect afterwards. And, the actual, the pre-exercise, um, the the average kind of calorie burn was 39 calories. So they, they took a reading 30 to 30 minutes before Tabata. Then they had the Tabata and they burned 52 cows. And then they looked at the post-calorie expenditure and that was 81. So in your four-minute workout, people come along potentially, because this is what happened, they lied on the floor, didn't do anything, they needed four minutes worth of tobacco, burned 52 calories, but then the actual post-expenditure for 30 minutes afterwards was doubled than the, the pre, which is quite interesting, you know, so you literally could say, come along to my um, Tabata workout for four minutes, we'll do some squat jumps, and straight away you're going to burn off 100 odd calories, and then probably for the next... You know, research suggests as long as the intensity there, that's going to stay elevated for a little bit longer as well. But this particular study only went for 30 minutes. So it's 30 minutes post, 30 minutes pre. And all they were lying down, you know, and then they did a, um, um, the spider, then they lied down again, and that's what was also get in terms of the calorie expenditure from the workout. So that's quite interesting, you know. So from that session there, from that four-minute workout, we've increased our rest and metabolic rate, almost doubled it from doing the workout. Yeah. So that now kind of brings up the amount. All right, cool. So now if we start doing that, if we start doing them, uh, you know, different types of format with the right type of intensity, how's that going to affect um, everything? And there's a lot of um, uh, there's a lot of kind of miseducation in terms of this part of it. You know, post calorie expenditure. When we look at epoch. You know, people spruik all kinds of like, can we get a thirty six epoch effect and this and that. Like, well, there's studies that suggest that, but a lot of those studies are taken to the thermic effect of food and how that affects the body and all these different other variables. And honestly, a lot of these studies are kind of inaccurate, you know, and to a certain degree. All right, so when you're just looking at post-calorie expenditure from a high-intensity workout, you can get probably 14 to 20% of extra calories burned over a period of time. 
So, you know, somewhat here, I mean, it says here, if you look at this one from that workout there, you, it's pretty good, you know, you've got a what, 30%, 35% increase, which is higher than what other studies suggest, okay? So it's interesting. Again, but this, this stuff here is really important, you know, because this is um, uh, where we get our information. You can't just go read somebody's blog and go, oh, yeah, come do my hip workout, rah, 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 this is what hip suggests. You get all these benefits. People do get those benefits for sure, but the methodology that study used is not the methodology you're using in your um, uh, hip workout. So is your workout and actually a hip session? Probably not. But is it still beneficial? Absolutely. Let's just not call it hip. Let's just call it interval training. <laughs> Love it. I agree 100%. Wait, let's transition from there, Daniel. If a trainer does want to go and do a MetaFit course, where's, is it best to go to your website, to your Facebook page? Where should they go to either book a course or even just to hear more about MetaFit? Yeah, just, just head, to the, uh, head to the website, www.metafit-australia.com. Or if you're in the US, just go to www.metafitusa.com or in Asia, metafitasia.com. So wherever you're based around the world, uh, jump on one of the websites and go from there, or you can just jump on our Facebook pages, just put in Medifit Australia, Medifit USA, Medifit Asia, etc. in the search tab in Facebook. You can find us somewhere, same on Instagram as well, or just shoot me through an email and give me a buzz. I always like having a chat with people. So you know, email uh, daniel at metafit-training.com, um, if you go to the website, find my phone number in there as well. I'm probably trying to give it out here, you know, but you can contact me via via phone if you need to, just via the website. Awesome. Love it. Well, hey, Daniel, that's all we've got time for today. Is there anything I missed out on, anything I should have asked that didn't, or anything you want to finish up with? No, that's, that's great, mate. You know, um, I think I've rambled on and enough, as I always like to do. Good old... Dan and a rambler. That's okay, though. It's all relevant information, of course. Oh, I loved it. Awesome. All right. Well, Daniel, thank you very much for your time. My pleasure, buddy. Have a great day. If you liked the show, share it with your friends, subscribe on iTunes, and leave us a five-star review. For show notes and free training on how to grow your boot camp, visit www.fitnesseducationonline.com.au. Are you a fitness professional looking to provide your clients with personalized meal plans? Well, check out Mealsy, the ultimate solution for creating custom meal plans in just a few simple clicks. With Mealsy, you can say goodbye to countless hours spent on meal planning. Our Australian meal planning web app is designed to save you time and effort so you can focus on what really matters, your clients and their success. Mealsy provides you with a vast library of recipes all created by nutrition professionals. From breakfast to dinner and everything in between, we've got you covered. Whether you want to create a custom meal plan tailored to your client's needs or choose from our selection of ready-made meal plans, Mealsy has the flexibility to accommodate your preferences. So why waste precious time and energy creating meal plans from scratch? Let Mealsy do the heavy lifting for you while you focus on delivering exceptional fitness services. Join the community of fitness professionals who have revolutionized their business with Mealsy. Visit our website at www.mealsy.com and sign up today. Mealsy, the smarter way to meal plan for fitness professionals.